make your practice sessions like matches and competitions so that matches and competitions become like practice create those pressures in your training sessions deal with those challenges on a regular basis you know the opposite of pressure is challenge if you're looking at a goal as a pressure then you have so many negative aspects setting in but if you look at the same goal as a challenge you become more positive Aditi you have to watch the playbook if you haven't yet this is a must watch for every leader i have told this to so many people it's unbelievable Vinit Thakkar who is the CEO of Universal Music India told me this in the last week's interview and i was just waiting for the right time it so happened that i was under the weather and this was just a perfect time to go on netflix and watch the playbook and one of the things that i learned there which really stayed with me again was pressure is a privilege welcome to absolutely right india's first graphology based leadership show i am your host aditi sarana i am a behavioral analyst a high performance coach and founder of india's first mental gym called apt the website is aptmentalgym.com our guest on the show today is this unbelievably talented sports psychologist who used to be an international swimmer herself who has won the chhatrapati award who's a co-founder of disha counseling center and who's a founder of mind sports where she trains all kind of athletes sports build your ability to bounce back not only in the game but in life was one of my favorite thoughts from today's conversation so without further ado let me get the conversation started with our guest mugdha bavre Hi Mukda welcome to absolutely right I am so impressed I cannot tell you I am like so curious to know about your journey so when was the first time you walked into the pool and how it started so I started at the age of 6 where my father decided that I should at least teach my daughters swimming because he was a secretary of a club and that is how it all started my sister was a fast learner or a quick learner I hated water and i used to just okay. run around the pool <laughs> just to avoid getting into the water but i think somehow you know the coaches dragged me into the water they taught me <laughs> swimming so i took a very long time to to learn swimming but yeah i think once i learned in around 6 to 8 months um i just started swimming uh, you know just for fun in the evenings and one day i think my, my old coach he just found or he must have seen something in me when i was swimming outside the lanes because lanes were something where you know uh, the elite or the advanced batch swimmers who used to compete in the competitions used to swim and i used to just swim outside the lanes just for fun so he just picked up maybe he must have seen me something and he just said that you know you just come into the lane and just join the group and uh, let's start getting into a competitive mode of it and that is how i think i just began and by the age of 7 i started competing i learned to swim when i was 26 oh <laughs> because, <laughs> because when we were very young my father was scared of water he was oh. he didn't want to take any risk and oh. i think when we grew up he was like scared of we wearing swimming costume or something so oh. you know he never allowed us <laughs> yeah. like no no it's okay but it was liberating and i can only okay. imagine the fact that you started so early so 7 was the first time 7 years old where you 7 yeah i i think almost by 7 i started yeah that was my first competition at otters club where i okay. i won my first bronze medal 
okay yeah. <laughs> so that was something i think that was a start where then there was no stopping and the one after the other i just start took uh, taking part in the competition you know when we were looking uh, our team also was looking at your profile so one thing stood out rashi ma a producer mm-hmm. first thing that she said you know she has won more than 500 medals so i and and on linkedin i could only imagine they say 500 plus connection you almost have like 500 plus medals so how long like how many years have you been swimming swimming and isn't it like a huge body of work yeah, yeah 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 it was a long span where i started uh, in 1984 and i stopped somewhere in 2000 that was quite a long span and especially at that time when swimming was like you know by by the time kids came into 10th 12th most of them quit swimming because of course the academic pressure was too much right. at that time but uh, i think it was support of my parents and not too much of academic pressure but yes it was a rule that we have to even maintain our academic progress and we have to do at least better in academics so that is how with that support i think i could stretch myself and reached at least and swam senior nationals and at the senior level <laughs> so i'm just thinking about it okay i i uh, come from a maharashtrian telugu family mm-hmm. and a lot of emphasis i have seen in maharashtrian homes on yeah. on studies we do yeah. not necessarily talk about extracurricular like, things easily yeah, and yeah. if people are jumping into it they're like yeah yeah that all is okay but adhi abhyas you know so how was it at home like your sister also pursued sport or like how was it like Uh, it's basically you know my father was was very fond of sports he still is at the age of 80 he's still playing table tennis oh. every day because he just can't stay without playing table tennis so uh, he he was he was basically majorly into sports not so much my mom was not so much but of course it got divided where when it came to sports it was my father who was behind us and my sister was also a swimmer so both of us were into swimming in fact i only stuck to swimming whereas my sister was like you know she she was into diving she was the first person in india who attended a camp uh, under a russian coach in synchronized swimming Whoa. and won medals for india in uh, synchronized swimming as well so both of us for a very long period of time we were into sports so my dad was behind us and when it came to like you know uh, taking care of your diet and nutrition my mother was there at home so i think that's that's the kind of a support that we always need when we are talking about sports wow. so mugda i have your handwriting sample we asked you to write on a blank mm-hmm. sheet of paper yeah, a yeah. rule sheet of paper yeah. and uh, the first thing when i looked at your writing mm-hmm. that came to my mind was your letter m that i was looking at and it has both properly formed humps Okay. whenever we have m formation like that we mm-hmm. talk about how you think in a systematic manner every decision that you make you collect a lot of data mm-hmm. you might be talking to people reading mm-hmm. about that topic and once you have gathered that information once you have gone through those stuff that is the time when you feel i can now talk about it or i can now yeah. claim that space so very true aditi <laughs> that absolutely so, perfect on our show you don't say absolutely perfect you always say absolutely right that's the name of the show okay yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> right <laughs> so when we look at your journey from being mm-hmm. a swimmer yourself mm-hmm. you moved to sports psychology yeah when did that happen and why you chose that you know what are, what were the options in front of you and why you chose to be a mm-hmm. sports psychologist 
okay uh, when i was swimming of course as you know being a sport person we have very limited time available with us when it comes to studies but uh, what happened was twice in a day we had to come we had to practice morning evening and then remaining how many ever hours were there we were in school so there was very limited time for us to for studies and uh, you know when i thought of that i'm getting into a competitive field of course studies was not secondary but i couldn't get into science or do higher level uh, studies so i chose arts at that time i didn't know what arts was and my admissions <laughs> were even done before i cleared my 10th standard because looking at you know i was in rupural college and they gave a lot of lot of support for sports oh, so nice. um, so my you know admission was done everything was done in arts <laughs> and then i just went on to like you know just automatically from 11th i went to 12 from 12 to ba and that is where you know we had to choose subjects and right. my sister had chosen psychology so i thought she has chosen even i will do the same thing <laughs> so, so i i chose psychology as one of the subjects and uh, it's it's maybe destiny or whatever and we had a very very lovely professor who basically created that interest in psychology right from first year and that is somewhere it didn't click that i would become a psychologist but i think somewhere i became more interested towards psychology than i did my graduation in psychology six papers of psychology and the next step was doing masters in psychology so then i became a little serious and i thought of like you know i have to make a career into psychology luckily we had similar minded friends together where in ma during our masters we thought that you know we have to do something related to mental health because we didn't want to work under anyone so we thought right. of opening our own center a mental health center right after mm. we finished our masters mm. so that is how disha counseling center got formed whenever i was taking sessions you know the general counseling sessions i always thought i was not really though i was enjoying i always thought something was amiss and uh, you know that is where i started connecting the kind of theories and principles that i had learned in psychology i always thought why can't i use this where when it came to sport because i always wanted to give something back to sport right uh, that sport gave gave it to me for for so long right. so it it just i just started reading because at that time there was nothing as sport psychology in india so i just started reading up the books and all and i thought of like you know just getting entry into this field and luckily um at mumbai cricket association i just went and met one of the head coaches out there and uh, it was again very fortunate for me that he said that you can just start working uh, over here as a sports psychologist and that is how when i journey started right from mumbai cricket association wow so uh, just taking a step back in disha when you were starting mm-hmm. uh, what kind of counseling your organization provided or even does mm-hmm. now even now uh, we are majorly into career counseling aptitude testing we are also into child counseling geriatric counseling so everything that comes under the umbrella of mental health website is disha4u.com so many times people ask me where can they find right counseling yeah, support yes, yes, and yes. if people like you are guiding this definitely for our listeners if you want to sure. start your journey with counseling therapy sure, sure. yeah check out disha4u.com okay. right yeah of course so when we are looking at your work and when i look at mm-hmm. your writing one thing that uh, stands out uh, second one for me mm-hmm. prominently is your letter v or okay. the the pointed formations that you have in the letters mm-hmm. that talk about how objective uh, and clear you are when it comes mm-hmm. to your decision making so one part of decision making or thinking that i spoke about mm-hmm. where you gather a lot of information the yeah. other part is where you 
evaluate the information the second mm-hmm. stage of it right mm-hmm. most of the time people have lot of lot of data points but they do not know how to evaluate yeah. and that leads to being completely lost mm-hmm. or or right. being confused mm-hmm. now when it comes to your analytical thinking and you might mm-hmm. have you know probably because you're a sports person and please tell us if that's so yeah. <laughs> you are very clear about what you would like to do and what you would not like to do like yeah. your black and whites yes. are generally well defined and whether it is relationship whether it is career choices anything you yeah. you dwell over that but those clarity points come mm-hmm. not from the decision that you're making but actually how you think about life at large yeah which is very interesting please tell us how yeah. how do you bring in that clarity uh i would say see initially as you said you know it's a little difficult for me to come up and be very objective but i think the more i ponder the more i am clear about it it always brings one point in my mind as i always thought where i want to reach and i think that's again related to sports and that's again related to my field because see we always in sports talk about goals goal setting So I always think about what's my destination and what is it that I really want to go ahead with because see again giving you an example when you talk about sports psychology uh, what I am doing right now in terms of applied sports psychology is just one aspect of it but there are so many attached uh, you know connections to it maybe you can get into teaching maybe you can go into research maybe you can go into like you know many other streams but I always ask myself what is it that athletes need the most and similar thing about uh, you know you know sports when i came to where i had to put a full stop because of course i was in seniors and then i had to make a decision whether i still have to go ahead and do a few more internationals go into asian games commonwealth or whatever or do i want to really make a choice where i want to now get into academics okay. so i think that was one example which i can give you i put my foot down and i told my parents that that's now i just want to i know i can do better but now is something where i want to get into a professional field as a professional and i want to help people rather than me doing and carrying the sport for still a longer period of time so i think mm-hmm. that is something it gives me more clarity when i think of what is it that i really want to do and achieve so that goal gives me that kind of i think path Because how old yeah. were you to when you made this decision whether i should whether i should go international or should i really mm-hmm. stick to academics i think i was uh, 2021 because that that was the time when i was uh, at the end of my masters where i was okay. completing my masters so for for anybody at that age to mm-hmm. make that decision is a big deal right like because yeah. uh, there are people who would be advocating the whole idea that you do yeah. not know what kind of career lies in front <laughs> of you imagine you go yeah. international <laughs> and uh, probably there you are a 21 year old very clear yeah. about what you want in yeah, life yeah yeah and i had a tough time at that time because see when you are and if you've heard a lot many stories of course i was i'm not i was not as successful as these people who have retired when they were at peak but uh, yeah i mean i had a good future in swimming because internationally you know it had just started indians were like you know not so much not so much of an exposure for indian sports people or right. indian swimmers at that time getting into uh, you know international meets but yeah my parents were there my dad was especially like you know you should continue my coach who believed in me for so long he was the one who he who said that you know i want you to uh, you know be at the olympics and you have all the talent 
ரிசல்ட் right they're like okay if yeah. i got that medal if i got that promotion yeah. if i got that next thing mm-hmm. and people forget about the journey within yeah. i i always say this is not about what you do it's but it's about how you feel how when you do it perfect. so when you are yeah. <laughs> when you are making such decisions and especially you know uh, a career that can bring you to yeah. international that's level while making that decision definitely you need to have that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm amazed <laughs> to see that clarity in a 21 year old. That's amazing. Thanks, thanks. I know you know what totting an eye means. Do you know what dashing an eye means? This week's stroke of graphology is the dash that you create on top of the letter I, the lowercase letter I. It's interesting because we don't even pay attention. We do not have that eye for detail to pay attention to the eye dots that we draw. just look for your own handwriting sample or someone else's and look for that i dot what do you find is it an i dot which is like this precise formation where you keep your pen and you pick it up without creating any dash or do you see that the dot has got extended in this horizontal little line that is looking like a dash it could be concave convex but dash nevertheless So I did not tell you that if there is a dot that means the person is paying attention. If that dot is exactly on the top of the lowercase letter i, then that means the attention to detail is amazing. If that dot is to the left side, then the attention is there but is also some sort of procrastination. If the dot is on the right side, then there is attention to detail but also some sort of impatience but if the dot turns into a dash that means the person is irritable in everyday situation they feel cranky they feel as if somebody is triggering them all the time and because it is an i dot which is very close to the middle zone of the writing uh, which is like all your letter a i u e everything that happens in the middle like m n so that range that that is called middle zone because it is an i dot which is closer to the middle zone then the irritation is also about everyday things about why the lunch is not packed in the way i asked you to why my tea is not hot as it should have been why the color blue is not in the shade that i thought it should be you know all those things so it becomes irritation on a daily basis if you have that i dash then please sit down and look for your triggers do some journaling find ways in which you can deal with that irritation if you find that i dash in other people's handwriting then ask them questions instead of concluding anything ask them things like do you think something peculiar is irritating you of late and they may say no not really you know everyday tension and anxiety like yeah but do you see any repetitive pattern here about the irritation that you experience and then they might open up so give it a shot and let me know so how do you find this stroke of graphology for this week 
let's get back to our conversation with mugtha it is going really really interesting i was watching uh, the playbook uh, it's a series on netflix where they have interviewed different coaches from different fields I've seen and it. Yeah, <laughs> it was phenomenal, and and as I was mentioning yesterday, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I don't have any any uh-huh. exposure to sports and competitive world, but still the way the coach's journey goes about, and the way they yeah. spoke about connecting to the team yeah. and being yeah. there for yeah. the team, yeah. Yeah. under pressure, you know, when they exactly. need you the most, exactly. just being available is yeah. is yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah. when it's you tough. work with people, you know, especially teams like. Mm-hmm. Uh, olympians or or mm-hmm. different people from the the mm-hmm. field what kind of sports persons mm-hmm. you have worked with uh i can tell you the the names of sports because yeah. i cannot uh, reveal the names of sports people whom i have worked with but yeah over a period of time i've got the opportunity and i would consider myself to be really fortunate to get a chance to work with elitist most of the elitist athletes from india who are competing at an international level and into the competitions or uh, meets like you know olympics asian games world championships and all that so i basically work with uh, wrestlers boxers weightlifters shooters archers swimmers fighters table tennis players squash <laughs> tennis <laughs> so i think see when you are a sports psychologist we don't really of course you do have a choice if you want to just stick to one sport but again my choice is i just don't i can't restrict myself and i just want to go different ways and explore every sport of course swimming was one one of the things that i really enjoy and i know in and out of swimming but i wanted to even explore the other sports so i want to just get into the different sports and find out how it works what is the kind of mindset that you require and that's the kind of study that i have done and over a period of time i mean now this is i've completed 23 years in this field so wow. i am i'm so happy that i could get a chance to work with all of these at different places at different um, sports and at different levels when we look at this is fascinating because okay. here you were at 21 with complete clarity of not continuing as your journey as a mm-hmm. sports person and now you take all that wealth of information your your competitive mindset and you're literally expanding it projecting it and helping people from all possible fields all possible sport games this is if you have to bring it back to is there any common mindset development is there any common thing mm-hmm. that you think all games or all competitive mm-hmm. uh, sports people require the most important thing that i feel across all sports i would i would talk about um the limitations or the kind of uh, issues that they face and also the advantages or what you really learn out of all sports one of course you develop uh, the ability to bounce back and that is what sport teaches you mm. across all sports it's like you know you're losing one of the competitions or the most important event of your life but you're there it stays with you for a little while and then you bounce back and you are back with same motivation or maybe a higher level motivation back into the next tournament within maybe a few days or few weeks i think that is something which is very very common uh, which is seen all across sports with all athletes and that's one of the positives which i would say that sport teaches you and the other thing yeah uh, the 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 sport the negatives maybe i would say of sports is handling pressure every day in and out 
whether it's your practice session or competition, it stays with you. It becomes a part and parcel of your life. So you're facing pressures, you're facing anxieties every day, <laughs> day in and day out. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I think it's every player has to go through. But I think our job is made easy. <laughs> and that's why sports psychologists are hired everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> so so when we look at it okay com- coming back to this okay mm-hmm. if, if a person fails then of course they have a point to prove they have yeah. something to achieve and they're like okay i, I got to get take it to yeah. the next yeah. level mm-hmm. what how, what do you do to motivate or inspire people when they have already performed mm-hmm. at their best okay mm-hmm. how do they take their journey to the next level Okay. Again, as I said before, you know, um, identifying the goals, that is the, the most important thing that I always do with my players when I'm having sessions with them. So even though like, you know, the, the final destination for most of the players is Olympics. Yeah. But there is something even beyond that. Okay. So that is where I sit across with every athlete because I know and I deal with those athletes where they've achieved their dreams of getting a medal and performing well in the Olympics. They, they experience a void. It's like, you know, just empty feeling that there's nothing now. And that's where we have to make them realize why are you here and what is it? You know, what's the reason that you spent your entire life to achieve this? There has to be something even beyond that. So just find out the meaning why you are here and what is it that you still really need to do. I mean, I really like the book Ikigai. I'm sure you must have read that. So, you know, finding the meaning why you are here. One of my favorite books. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, that's one of the things which I follow in sports psychology as well. And as a psychologist, maybe it's finding the meaning why you are here, especially when the players are experiencing that void and empty feeling after they have reached a particular point where they always wanted to be. Uh, you know, just showing them what's the next goal. Mm. So just just stretch them a little and think about, okay, Olympics are done or whatever goals that you wanted to are achieved. What is it after that? It can you give us an example of this? Can you, can you without uh, naming anybody, if you can just tell a story or tell, give us an example mm-hmm. of how that person was stuck or focused on a, on a medal. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. after that, how did you really connect that to the goal? Uh, uh, one of my uh, athletes, a runner who was uh, who was training in India, and then later on she moved to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and she was she was training to compete at the Olympics, and she really reached Olympics um, at Tokyo. She did really well, of course, getting a medalist is too tough when it comes to athletics. She was into uh, a sprinting event, but she achieved what her target was. Okay. Yeah, and in and it's not that where we have to recognize the next goal after their journey is uh, being done or maybe achieve their goals, but that is a part that I start right along with the kind of sessions and the preparation that they are doing for their Olympics when it comes to their sport. Right. So I I help them even define or recognize what could be the other goals that gives them that satisfaction along with sports and. Uh, to to be honest this girl was you know she had just uh, maybe closed herself down on the other interests that she had and she was a beautiful um, you know a, a, an artist i mean she used to draw beautiful paintings amazing ones mm-hmm. and she said you know ma'am mujhe ye bahut acha lagta hai magar time nahi milta hai to maine sab band kar diya hai maine pura wo canvas whatever all my paints pura cupboard mein band karke rakha and i just don't have time because the kind of practice that I have then you know gyms and this and that the the entire day they are too tied up 
so i figured we we figured the way out where she can give at least half an hour for her interest for her hobby and the thing that really made her happy because the moment she used to start talking about paintings and drawing she, you know she used to be like eyes lit up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so happy so you know we used to just keep our topic aside related to sports and we just used to go on talking about her paintings and drawing And I do have this how... moment when I coach people. Okay. I say, "Oh, on that moment, your eyes yeah, sparkle." So yeah. the eyes sparkling, <laughs> you never lose that moment, of course. <laughs> yes, and then she used to really enjoy. So I used to go meet her. She was, of course, not from Bombay, but whenever I was possible, I used to go and meet her. She used to show me her drawings, paintings, and that is how you know uh, we just uh, put that schedule into her busy, hectic schedule. That you know how she can give a lot that half an hour for her paintings. the moment she achieved the goal into the olympics that she wanted to participate and perform well right when she looked back she said that ma'am if i if the second career if that was not being developed i don't know what it would have been for me after uh, the the olympics so you know like you have getting goosebumps this is phenomenal <laughs> this is just like wow this is like literally using someone's talent and and not letting it it pass yeah. by yeah. while yeah. you're being fully focused is also applicable yeah. to people yeah. who yeah. say so, in a leadership position or exec- you know in their everyday job they're so busy achieving the of objectives course. meeting the of ends course. or also doing phenomenally yeah. well yeah. for yeah. their yeah. families or otherwise right. 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 and they do not get any moment to pay attention to what could be the other possibility yeah yeah one of the aspects of even helping them out to recognize their second interest is uh see you're so as i said you know anxieties and pressures what you're facing day in and day out as an athlete you need some kind of um you know uh, something that will refresh your mind something that can bring your anxieties and pressures down and that is something which you really like doing and if right. you don't pursue it as a hobby if you have a hobby pursue it like as a hobby because there is no competition out there and mm-hmm. the kind of relaxation and the kind of uh, you know mental peace that you get that in fact helps you in your primary sport so that's the second purpose of you know making them understand just do certain things in your day to day life that will give you real peace and happiness along with your sport wow i think that is applicable across board all yeah, of us require yeah. to do something in our yeah, daily yeah, life yeah. that will bring exactly. us peace and exactly. calm exactly and that also helps to uh, to some extent curb burnout because that's a that's i think a, a concept which is really coming up especially in sports because so burnout, burnout also happens when you do not have your everyday yeah. peace dosage given to of you of course of course imagine you know being into that under that stressful situation all the time right i mean of course there are early burnouts that we see now with players at an early age so to avoid that i think this is the best exercise that all of us can use so art is one thing if people okay. have to think about say two three other things to mm-hmm. bring in peace or avoid burnouts what could they be it could be anything i mean i have one of my our most important indian player of course i wouldn't name her she is she is you no know, spends hours when they have saturday sunday offs you know cleaning her room and that gives her <laughs> so as simple as you know and that is what i do i just i I'm love that too <laughs> <laughs> I just bring down all my cupboard town, and I just you know because I'm I'm too organized and uh, <laughs> too, too. during the pandemic I found cleaning the ceiling fans as one oh, of the yeah. most <laughs> 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 exactly exactly 
which can give you real peace at that moment and i really enjoy doing cleaning work i really enjoy doing you know uh, changing the stuff at my place you know sofas idhar se udhar idhar se udhar some kind of change i need i don't know whether you found that that out in my handwriting but i definitely need constant change <laughs> I would instead of calling it constant change when i look at your uh, y and g loops not all of them are completed not all of them are looped back mm-hmm. some of them are open but yeah. when they are looped back they're mm-hmm. wide in their formation so okay. they are yeah. form- that means that wide y or g loops mm-hmm. uh, show your creative imagination and mm-hmm. we call it spatial imagination yeah. so you walk into a room you look yes. at things around and you want to you have certain mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. things moving in your head you want yeah. to move things around or you <laughs> yeah. see them in a different manner and yeah. you know that oh this would look better here oh, and you perfect. have to act on it perfect. you cannot not right act. right, right. <laughs> my husband would agree to this he's like you know thank god i am still constant <laughs> there is no change happened there <laughs> but yeah i i just need those changes even in my house yes, and he absolutely. said two and a half months when you were not there everything was just the way it was <laughs> yeah like yeah that's why everything was boring now i'm back let me just yeah. bring in the charm <laughs> In today's Kush the Kush segment, I'm going to take this discussion I was having with Mukta about perfectionism to the next level, to the deeper level. You know, so many times uh, we, you and I, can identify our own perfectionism. If you recognize the patterns correctly, you can also do something about it. In the first season of the Absolutely Right, we used to do Friday episodes, and there I spoke about different concepts in 10-15 minutes, and I give solutions and ways out of it. Now. at least 8 or 9 episodes uh, which were named like perfectionism fear of rejection fear of failure were dedicated uh, to this one concept because i know it is such a big deal uh, so if you are a perfectionist please go and find those episodes because there i speak a lot in different ways how you can deal with your personal challenges but for coach the coach i want to talk about what if your spouse your child or your team member is having these challenges if they are being perfectionist what can you do can you coach them out of it now here is a trick or technique that my physics professor used and i thought that was phenomenal to deal with my perfectionism then i think we all can use it more and more so i loved physics it was one of my favorite subjects for the longest time uh, until psychology took over and i fell in love with graphology and all of that but physics uh, being my favorite subject i remember studying it very hard paying attention to everything in junior college i met professor jacob who was mad about physics who loved every bit of it and i thoroughly enjoyed learning from him once in the class he gave us a problem to solve and as everybody was trying to follow the same method that was taught to us step by step i tried something different and i got stuck at one point i absolutely couldn't solve it from there on and as he was doing his rounds in the class he saw my paper and he said so what's going on here i said i tried um but i'm stuck i don't think i'm getting it correct and i was slightly awkward and, and embarrassed about it and he pulled my paper and he walked to the front of the class i was so scared in that moment i didn't want him to discuss my wrong approach with the entire class 
to my surprise he wrote the steps that i had taken on the board and he said you know actually this is not the method that we have learned but this is not an incorrect method if she goes ahead and adds two other principles she would find an answer but that's not important what is important is thinking differently and trying something new and i was kind of surprised i'm like oh he's not only recognizing me but also encouraging me to try something new or oh, am i not supposed to follow the rules that are given to us uh, in the textbook and all all the standard answers here there was a man who was telling us to think differently come up with a newer approach to solve the problem and for which he was rewarding and recognizing us what if we also start rewarding these people that we work with we live with we care for for making mistakes for trying something new for for getting things wrong and when they are feeling embarrassed about themselves what if we allow them to feel in control no matter what try this and let me know if this coaching technique worked for you mugda over to you what questions do you have for me the thing that haunts me is of course i know i am um when it comes to uh, doing things in a perfect manner i would call myself a perfectionist not extreme but yeah on the extreme side mm-hmm. and it troubles me at times because uh, see not every time and when the workload is so much i can't be perfect in everything i just can't follow uh, everything to the t but then that gives me discomfort that i'm i'm really not comfortable and then i feel you know i've just missed out on certain things okay so so uh, i'm going to bring in a a different perspective here so mm-hmm. are you a perfectionist uh, we have a particular letter in okay. graphology that mm-hmm. defines or showcases perfectionism mm-hmm. lower case m where the second hump is taller than the first one in okay. your entire sample there is only one or two mm-hmm. m's are like that okay, okay. most okay. of them are not like that okay mm-hmm. now which means there are a few things mm-hmm. that really activate your perfectionism okay you're okay. not a perfectionist by nature you're yeah. not a perfectionist mm-hmm. all the things yeah. but there are a very few triggers mm-hmm. yeah. that get you to perfectionism okay yeah okay so, so if you can identify your triggers mm-hmm. and you can see okay why under these three issues or circumstances mm-hmm. i function in a perfectionist manner mm-hmm. you won't be bothering yourself as much okay 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 i'll try that <laughs> yes and the second aspect of that same thing is because you're not largely a perfectionist yeah. but you do have need for challenge yeah. as one of the traits yes Yes. what does that mean that means constantly you want to improve and enhance exactly your performance no yeah. matter where you are now yeah. it's a very annoying trait mm. for anybody who wants to settle down i know absolutely <laughs> 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 you hate this whole concept or idea yeah. of settling down because yeah. you are constantly moving forward i know you want to do so many things exactly. all the time exactly so so when it comes to that you know mm-hmm. constantly challenging yourself moving to the next mm-hmm. goal you need to pursue excellence yeah you need to follow the systems that you have mm-hmm. created as i began the conversation with how systematic you are in your thinking yeah. you need to follow it and 
if you do it you know you have done your best job exactly. if you do not do it you feel oh i could have done a better job of this and that's not perfectionism it's also pursuit of excellence well, so when it is driven yeah. by wanting it when it is driven by inspiration yeah. it is pursuit of excellence when you yeah. i i can you know stretch myself to mm-hmm. take the journey to the mm-hmm. next level mm-hmm. but when it is driven by fear Mm-hmm. It's driven by that pressure that how yeah. can I not yeah. or by triggers where, where mm-hmm. the behavior becomes compulsive or yeah. automatic in many ways yeah. that time it is perfectionism so yeah. okay okay understood I think that's a great um, uh, definition that you've given to both and I can actually uh, you know uh, recognize myself especially when it comes to certain things at home I'm a perfectionist that you know I want a certain thing in this manner and put right. it over here but when it comes to especially my profession it is that pursuit of excellence right where i just want to like you know just go higher maybe it's not needed but i think that's again my personality where i just want to go next level when that is achieved mm-hmm. i still want to go at next level and when that doesn't happen it really bothers me also perfectionism is is a need for control right we all yeah. want to feel in control in some or the other manner yes. and that that obsession of getting things in order you yeah. know i have caught myself doing yeah. that when yeah. i yeah. when i don't have clarity mm-hmm. i found myself being a perfectionist yeah. because then we control things control we can perfect when yeah. we are feeling overwhelmed with things that we cannot control absolutely so. absolutely like i can actually give an example of when i used to study and when i used to get overwhelmed with uh, because we never um, we were not used to sitting for 3 4 hours together and study but we yeah. had to before the exam <laughs> but then it used to really make me too anxious and overwhelmed i just used to take my car keys go down and just you know drive and that yeah. used to see that is again driving is something you are controlling right That's so the sense of control and i used to feel so relaxed even now driving is something that relaxes me a lot because i have that control over the situation of course of course so it used and, to relax and me if you are driving in india especially in bombay ah, then yeah. you are dealing with uncertainty <laughs> yeah, at yes. the same time you are in control, in control. And that's why it yeah. is relaxing so we all yeah. want to feel that i am in control yeah, no in matter control. what yeah <laughs> my anxiety level used to immediately come down and i used to be like okay now i'm relaxed i've also taken a break and right. i know i've controlled things and come home and then start studying <laughs> but i'll tell you being an athlete is helping me so much into this field because being there done that mm-hmm. i know what pressures mean right you know i am you know we just not talking loosely about the pressures but mm-hmm. i've gone through i of know course. standing on the block what pressure means what anxiety means and i can really feel that when players are sitting in front of me and i you know that connect is very important so spukta so, i'm i'm this is so beautiful that you say this is it possible for any athlete and i was asking this from a leadership mm-hmm. perspective because yeah. leaders also feel this yeah, yeah. momentary pressure right like you got to be right. under pressure when you are about to perform okay. yeah it's not like an overall thing so of mm-hmm. course that that pressure and anxiety are two separate things yeah. how would you define like yesterday when i was watching the playbook and it is wonderful mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. so there's a line which also our guest who was there for the last week's yeah. episode yeah. Yeah. uh vinit thakkar he mentioned this he said pressure is a privilege yeah <laughs> yes. right so for yes. for you to feel that privilege so for yeah. you to stand on that block yeah. Yeah. it's a yeah. privilege by it's itself privilege. 
Yeah. But that does not reduce the pressure and the emotional intensity the person mm-hmm. goes through. Mm-hmm. Not only physical. I'm asking you more from a sports well, psychology yeah. perspective. Yeah. So if you're feeling that momentary pressure, mm-hmm. is it possible for you to have a calm life and mm-hmm. intense pressure that you can mm-hmm. handle in the moment? Uh, yeah, it's possible. See, pressure, I, I feel and I always agree to this is and even the concept that we've learned in psychology, pressure is something which is needed. Okay, now the right amount of pressure, I'm saying not an extreme amount, because the moment it goes on to the extreme side, it becomes anxiety. Yeah. So the pressure is something which is very important to give that momentary push and to have that drive in you to perform right. at that moment when it is needed. Because the kind of efforts that you have given, as you know, Abhinav Dindra says, it's not four years, but it's every day that you're moving towards Olympics. Yeah. Right. So that everyday pressure is motivating you. That momentary pressure is motivating you to do well. It's driving you to do well, which is very, very necessary to happen. But of course, yeah, when that moment is gone, when you know that you have done the kind of job that you had to, of course, you come back where you are back into your normal mode without any pressures. So this on and off mode always happens, but it all it happens very, very often with athletes and sports people, I would say. Okay. And yeah, so of course, with uh, even at the corporate level, because, you know, uh, people and the leaders are always in and out of, you know, um, into their roles. When we talk about, you know, they have meetings, they have conferences, they have so many other things to attend. So it's similar to what I see with regards to athletes as well. So uh, you're saying that that high intensity pressure, you can prepare yourself by putting yeah. yourself in pressure every yeah, single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. training yeah, yourself yeah. to deal yeah. with it. To deal with it. Because I always say, and it is, it's very true in terms of athletes, is because I always say that experience the pressure every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make your practice sessions like matches and competitions so that matches and competitions become like practice. So wow. when you... When wow. you wait, create... wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Explore this. This is phenomenal. Please, please tell, tell us more about this. Uh, see, when we talk about pressures, right? Uh, so pressures are some things which players would say that they experience pressures only at the time of competition. Right. And then that becomes a very difficult part to handle because you are not in a habit of dealing with those pressures on a regular basis right so you have to make it a habit of course it's not going to be it will not go so close to the competition but create those pressures in your training sessions right okay now creating those pressures meaning deal with those challenges on a regular basis so so you know the opposite of pressure is challenge if you're looking at a goal as a pressure then you have so many negative aspects setting in okay But if you look at the same goal as a challenge, you become more positive. Okay, because you're taking it as today, if I, 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 you know, I'm easily able to run five rounds to a ground, I have to make it as a challenge that, you know, within next 10 days, I will reach to seven rounds. So I'm making that goal possible by keeping it as a challenge. Okay, now when you look at that goal as converting it into a challenge, there are so many advantages. You see your, you know, self growing towards that challenge, your physical ability is growing. The most important thing is your mental ability is growing because you are becoming more confident. When I know that from five, I have moved to seven, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling confident about myself. And that's exactly what you are carrying it onto the ground at the time of matches and competitions. So I always say that confidence is not something which grows on the day of the competition. 
you have to and you build confidence bit by bit in your regular practice sessions and if you're not aware of that it becomes a pressure into the competition so self awareness for players is something that i work a lot with Brilliant. because we we talk about pressures but they don't know where the pressures are coming from right. so making them understand where these pressures are coming from because every athlete every player will have a different reason why they are experiencing pressures right. even of even course. if they are from the same sport yeah, yeah of course so it's also the personal so background that comes course, in the physical course, limitations so it's complete different perspective the way you look at sport because we have sport is something which is a synonym for winning right and i want to change the, that concept because i i have grown with that kind of a thing that you know when you are into the competition you always have to win right and that's that's too much of a pressure to handle as i said for 15 16 years it's too much of a pressure so mm-hmm. if you if you just turn around it and look at competition as something you know just what you have worked on in your practice just using that ability into your matches and basically having that kind of an um, approach where i know i have done my best and then leave it to whatever, whatever. to the circumstances exactly. and to exactly exactly so it's not always winning but sports is something which has to give you satisfaction and which has to have that fun aspect into it so it's more of like playing the game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because the moment you start enjoying you start performing well so mugda next question i tend to uh, you know overload myself with work when though i can say no at times i don't because i want to help each and every player mm-hmm. and it becomes very difficult for me to say no <laughs> okay your ability to take pressure yourself and challenge mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. is so much by now mm-hmm. that though you are doing multiple sessions yeah. you are not necessarily exhausted mm-hmm. you yeah. can still deal with it yeah. you think probably the time is is le- mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. or you know probably Correct. i i can uh, i need to do justice to my family those yeah. could yeah. be the yeah. reasons mm-hmm. but when it comes to work per se mm-hmm. that that is not tiring you that is not yeah. something that you cannot handle right. so that's also one of the reasons where you think oh i can stretch a bit more yeah yeah i, yeah. I can give one more hour of it and yeah. i i can relate to it a bit <laughs> because i work around mm-hmm. i work 7 days a week okay. and i love it i just do okay. not want to yeah, take yeah. a break yeah. it is not exhausting at all <laughs> i know i know <laughs> like remember that about you that if mm-hmm. you are still thinking Yeah. then these ideas are still hibernating yeah. they're still in so, that so. conceiving mm-hmm. stage mm-hmm. because once you have clarity in the moment you have clarity yeah. you jump on things and you and literally I know, I know. start yes. functioning yes yes so yeah. even if i get you know 10 15 minutes to think about that project everything just comes exactly but i don't know i feel that you know i should devote enough time for this because otherwise i'm not doing justice to it but do i know that 5 minutes 10 minutes of super concentration level and i am able to do it and that reminds me of one of the things i learned from my meditation mm-hmm, teacher mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he used to say that it's never the time because yeah. time can be limited exactly. but the energy that you can bring in those 5 minutes yeah, in yeah, that one yeah, minute in exactly. those 30 seconds exactly. actually changes the game and Absolutely. that intensity is your mental capacity to be Absolutely. available Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, right, I right. That's what we need to focus on. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> so, Bugda, uh, I want to conclude the conversation by asking you three things. 
things that mm-hmm. uh, executives, people in leadership positions mm-hmm. can learn from mm-hmm. a sports psychologist like you. Uh, see, I uh, I have over a period of time learned that uh, you know the concepts of sports psychology are not only limited to the field of sports, but I think they can just grow and uh, also apply, especially to the corporate world, to a That's great correct. extent. And three of the most important things that I have found, uh, which match at at both the levels, is one as I mentioned before, it's the resilience. or the grit that uh, people would definitely need even into the corporate world and when they are uh, into the role of uh, you know as a leader uh, so resilience is of course when you are a leader when you are leading a team there are going to be times where you are going to experience failures right yeah but rather than getting bogged down by those failures how you bounce back that is the trait that would show your resilience so that's one of the things which is important even for the leaders the other one is of course being absolutely positive mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you are 24 by 7 in a positive mode but what i feel and the way i interact with sports people is of course there are going to be negatives which are going to bother you they are going to you know hit your mind but the the way you are going to convert yourself from negative to positive and going to stick around those positive thoughts Right. is again uh, one of the important traits even for the leaders and the third is what i always say is teamwork or team cohesion and okay. that is a very important concept whether in sports or in corporates as well right. so taking a team together when i work with teams it's it's so very important that every person understanding first of all teamwork meaning understanding ev- each and every person in the team okay right. you can't exclude any one of them so understanding them understanding their aspirations their goals and their thinking process is very important because only when you understand as a sports psychologist or as a leader only then you are able to guide them because you've understood them well and you've understood their perspective in a in a, in a different way right the moment that understanding happens as i used the word initially you connect to that person right the moment you connect to that person half of your work is done that and I that is what I, <laughs> i can't agree more being a graphologist that at the yeah. very moment you understand somebody exactly. you just have a different exactly. emotional connect yeah. with that person yeah. yeah yeah and that emotional connect is what i have over a period of uh, you know last so many years i've experienced uh, with players is that's a start that's a beginning you know not only when prayer is coming to you but the beginning happens when you connect to that player and mm-hmm. then uh, you know they they'll start believing in everything what you tell them they will start following in everything that you tell them mm-hmm. because the connect has happened and that is very true even in corporates for the leaders mm-hmm. if you connect well to each and every i know it's a huge uh, setup for them as against what we have as sports psychologists but i think that connect is very important and that is where the teamwork would start happening team cohesion would start happening i love the word team cohesion yeah <laughs> that's very important saying teamwork and team bonding is a cohesion and it's actually where you all yeah, of us yeah. become one to deliver the results that we have in mind or to to do the work thank you thank you so Thanks. much i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed as you can tell <laughs> i have enjoyed it really <laughs> so we have to have you back on the show again 
and we will we will you know uh, we wish to do something with some of our sports people mm-hmm. that yeah, sure, have sure. connected so we're gonna sure. get get yeah, you yeah. back on on that absolutely, absolutely right sure. yeah yeah and i've liked it because the way you have connected it to uh, you know because we are, we are never we don't get analyzed ever right we are analyzing <laughs> somebody else <laughs> so i think it's a good combination where we are getting analyzed at some point of time because right. that's also going to give us insight right. and help us to help others in a better way i think self awareness is such Very an important, important tool for all of us so it always keep building ियन In order to help you build that we started our second podcast called Daily Mental Fitbit. Every day 3 minutes of hacks, tools, methods, perspectives that can help you change something to build a growth oriented mindset. If you haven't checked it out go to any platform and type Daily Mental Fitbit. I'll see you on Wednesday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. Till then, happy writing.